0: with Heart and Mind, the virtual church classroom podcast presented each week by Shiloh United Methodist Church in Jasper, Indiana, and hosted by me, Pastor Dan, along with my daughter, Bethany. Each week we study the Bible together with you with the goal of knowing God's heart and mind with all of our hearts and minds. The hope is that through this virtual Bible study, You will be able to participate more completely in the benefits of an active involvement in a church community. and We genuinely hope that you will be served by this offering, but also that you will not settle for this alone. So please seek and join a church community that feels like the home and family of faith that God has in mind for you. This is episode 19 of the Revelation Bible Study. It is originally recorded on Sunday, August the 19th, 2018. Today's psalm reading is Psalm 20. Trust in the name of the Lord your God, the Lord our God. It is a To the choir master, a psalm of David, Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give you support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices, Selah. May he grant you your heart's desire and fullness of all your plans may we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of god set up our banners may the lord fulfill all your petitions now i know that the lord saves his anointed he will answer him from his holy haven with the sa- with the saving might of his right hand Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our Lord. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the King. May he answer us all when we call.
1: May the Lord. Thank yeah. you. Yeah.
0: With this blessing, we pray for each other. We ask, Lord, that you bless each and every one listening to this uh, podcast with that same blessing that David gives. What a beautiful sign of love for another that is expressed in his words here. And we just ask, Father, that this be a true and completely trustworthy prayer that you would honor it for the sake of the one to whom we pray our lord jesus christ and for the sake of the one for whom we pray that person we have in mind even as we listen to the words of this psalm and we pray that it might be we who also receive the blessing of this beautiful word amen now Well, it is episode 19 of the Revelation Bible Study, and Bethany is here with me now, getting ready to take a look at Revelation chapter 8. Revelation chapter 8 is when we get to that last seal. So now we're up to the seventh seal. And chapter 8 says when the Lamb opened the seventh seal there was silence in heaven for about half a, half an hour then I saw the seven angels who stand before God and the seven trumpets were given to them and another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer and he was given much incense to offer with prayers of all the Saints on the golden altar before the throne and the smoke of the incense With the prayers of the Saints rose before God from the hand of the angel then the angel took the censer and filled it with fire from the altar and threw it on the earth and there were peals of thunder rumblings flashes of lightning and an earthquake well so when the Lamb of God opens the seventh seal there's silence in heaven for a half an hour. Now we keep we keep taking this one week at a time, and you know, so it's a little hard for uh, it's a little hard for us to remember that in this uh, in this sequence of events, it's actually contiguous. It's we we've seen you know this momentous event where the one on the throne has the seal in his hands. And everyone is, you know, upset because John's upset because he knows nobody can open it. But then the lamb comes and he can open it. And all of heaven, all of creation starts singing his glory because he is worthy to open the seals. No one else is. And then we take a little hiatus. And we established 144,000 evangelists. And then we get back to the throne room for seal number seven. And so if you can imagine then that all this singing has been going on, all this praising of Jesus, it's the, the billions upon billions of all the creation uh, singing Jesus' praise or singing the Lamb's praise because he is worthy to open the seal. And then he cracks that seventh seal and they're all silent. So you go to, you know, we were talking a few, talking a few weeks ago about how how for John with his ordinary senses this is all very loud and bright and a little overwhelming and then there's a half an hour of silence
1: yeah I imagine that would be deafening in another way
0: yeah I mean you know he's he's got uh he's got to be pretty blown away by the fact that all of it comes down to silence and I don't know. It's interesting that he can say, despite the fact that he stepped outside of space and time, that it was about a half an hour. <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. Maybe there's a significance to it. Maybe there's not, but but it's kind of maybe funny. it just
1: felt like a half an hour because it was so quiet. Yeah, you know, uh,
0: sometimes silence can make a mere 30 seconds seem like five minutes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and another angel came out and stood... At the altar with a golden censer. Well, a censer is the official word for that sort of bowl burner combination that hangs from chains, Mm -hmm. usually like three chains, sort of like a hanging basket plant or something like that. So, I mean, if you grew up in Catholic church like I did, you've seen these things. But but you know, it's a it's a little implement that is used to burn incense and to sort of swing it around. So it sort of fills the air. Mm-hmm. So that's what a censer is. And so that, that, uh, that angel is standing there at the altar with the golden censer and, uh, the incense that is in it is in effect, the prayers of all the saints. And, so he's he's basically you know packing his pipe so to speak i mean i don't, I don't mean to be irreverent but you know he's he's loading up the censer mm-hmm. with incense and it's the prayers of the people and the smoke of the incense uh rises before god from the censer so there's a sense that a sense bad choice of words. <laughs> There's a feeling that right around you know there's this thirty minutes of silence, Jesus has opened the seals, he's more or less and and i'm I'm saying this because you know we talked about it sort of being like a table of contents that's that seems to have spoken to people because I've heard a few comments to that effect but but really all I'm saying is is he's sort of opening the document and and sort of telling John because this is after all the revelation of Jesus to John and so he's more or less saying to John, so, so here's what it says. You know, he's opened it up, and he plan A is do this, plan B, do this, or seal 1 says this, seal 2 says this. And then he gets to that seventh seal, and there's a, there's a feeling like before it, before anything happens, there is the prayer of the saints being raised before God and um there's
1: a very ceremonial feel to this
0: yeah well so you
1: don't even know what's in the seal like it just says you open the seal and then there's five or six verses that are just describing what like what's happening in heaven after that one opens doesn't even say yet like it's just very ceremonial which makes you again think that this one's probably pretty big
0: it's ceremonial, but you know what else it reminds me of? And I, I kind of, this is going to be irreverent too, but, <laughs> but like if you watch one of those boxing movies or something, you know, the, the fighter is in the corner and he's kind of punch drunk and st- in a stupor and they wave something under his nose yeah, and and it, they call it smelling salts, but really it's like ammonia or something like that. And it just startles them into alertness. Now, I'm not suggesting that this is like that, except to say that, you know, it's almost as though something had to happen to trigger God's wrath. God says it's time, it's time to do wrath, it's time to do justice. And what triggers his wrath, what launches his wrath, it is the prayers of the saints. It's the people pleading with God for justice, people pleading with God for deliverance from oppressors. It's the, it's every prayer in the Bible that said, you know, free me from the yoke of my enemies. Free yeah. me from, you know, and I, and I just, so what I'm reading in that uh, chapter 8, you know, verses 1 to, to 5 is a description of, it may be the seventh seal, but it's the one that sets everything into motion. And what does it do? It's been raised that the angel is bringing the censer with the prayers of the people burning mm-hmm. into a smoke right up to God's face and saying, here you go, God, this is the prayers of the people. And God takes a whiff of that and he says, let it fly.
1: Mm-hmm
0: and so with that the angel took the censer filled it with fire from god's altar so there's this holy fire that you know we can't really even wrap our minds around but it it may be you know I, i think god is the source of the light but but he fills this with fire and then he throws it onto the earth and you know there's this this enormous uh event now
1: you know, also what that sensor, flinging down to the earth, visually looks like to me. A meteor.
0: Or an asteroid. Or an
1: asteroid. Yeah, like it looks, like, because I've seen a sensor before. Yeah. And I'm picturing something like that being thrown from heaven, yeah. from another dimension. Sure. It's gonna look a lot like.
0: And and it.
1: A meteorological event.
0: I. I, I happen to know just because the last time I went through Revelation with a group of students or, or, or scholars, I guess you'd say, I, uh, Bible enthusiasts, studiers, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> those people that were engaged in that study with me. And and we, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but, but everything that starts to unfold from here seems to be most accurately describing an event triggered by the impact of some sort of interstellar junk in other words a rock hits the earth from the heavens Mm -hmm. and all of the things that are described here on can be accounted for if something flew from the heavens and hit the earth that Mm -hmm. was pretty big you know and of course now we have the benefit of movies that have been made and we've got the the special effects and everything, that we can actually imagine this. So, yes, it does seem like this projectile has come from beyond space and time, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm just taking the Bible literally, so, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it won't be interpreted by everybody on Earth as a meteor, or more likely an asteroid. And... When it hits the earth, well, you can bet there are going to be rumblings of thunder, flashes of lightning, and earthquakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm always amazed at the flashes of lightning that happen when volcanoes erupt and stuff yeah. like that. It's almost hard to imagine, but but some events create weather. <laughs> <laughs> some, some, you know, geological events... Uh, create
1: atmospheric change.
0: Yeah. So then...
1: Also, go ahead. I was just going to say, we've been talking about how his senses were overloaded, and um, if it's that big a sensor, that's just another way his, he's going to be in sensory overload. Because <laughs> I remember... Sensory. Sensory, yeah. Sensory
0: overload.
1: I remember being in the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. That was and, a different
0: kind of sensory overload.
1: Well, no, because there was that kind of sensory overload, yeah. too. Um, oh, my goodness. Those censers full of incense. Yeah. If you are even a little bit sensitive to smell. Yeah. Yeah. Where, it's a great smell, but...
0: Wherever the Eastern Orthodox churches have sort of dominion over the, the site, censers are hanging everywhere. And, uh, it's, yeah.
1: It's very strong. And I'm thinking a censor the size that this one sounds like that's full of the prayers of the saints, he that that's got to be overwhelming his senses too because that's just really strong. Just to, to add another yeah layer yeah. of what it would be like there, I think.
0: You know, it's e- it, it's even conceivable. I I can imagine this if it were really a sensor. When it got thrown a great distance, you would have seen this trailing smoke and yeah. sparking fire behind it, you mm-hmm. know. And and yet, isn't that really what a falling star?
1: It, yeah, you it's know, what, just
0: it's not a star. But anyway, when we see things like that, that's what it looks like. It's some kind of object falling atmosphere. from
1: space is going. Yeah, it's going to have a burning tail like that, and it's yeah. And it's look a lot I think
0: it's perfectly okay that we come to this conclusion it's it's not the same see'm I'm, I'm probably trying really hard to check myself against the sensationalism I just refuse to do that with this book not that it can't be viewed that way but because people can so often be flummoxed
1: well, <laughs> by the
0: by the book and some of its interpreters in and this so I'm just case, trying I not to like go there you're
1: taking it literally it still is gonna look like yeah some kind of space object falling to the earth because if you read that literally it says he took the sensor filled it with fire and threw it on the earth so even if a giant sensor lands on the earth and it literally happens like we're reading it it's still gonna look like what we would interpret as some kind of object falling from the sky
0: when i was talking uh a few weeks ago, I was talking about how I'm personally convinced that the Star of Bethlehem was actually a hole in space-time. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and that that was probably what the burning bush was and, mm-hmm. and also, I think, the Mount of Transfiguration. And what's interesting is I remember when I was a kid going to the planetarium in Pittsburgh and, and they had this whole beautiful program you know, with Christmas music and everything else that was basically saying the star of Bethlehem was probably some sort of comet or something that appeared in the sky every night. I've seen comets in the sky, and I don't believe for one second that that's what it was. Um, This has more in common with a comet or an asteroid than that does. So I think the star of Bethlehem was a hole in the fabric of space and time. Yeah. I really do, and the fact that it was always in the right place. Um, And the only reason I say that isn't so much to go back to that argument, but to say this, on the other hand, sounds like the Bible describing an object falling from the upper atmosphere Mm -hmm. to the earth and and all the cataclysm that goes with it. So it seems like a reasonable conclusion. Now verse 6 says the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared to blow them. And the first angel blew his trumpet and there followed hail and fire mixed with blood and these were thrown upon the earth and a third of the earth was burned up and a third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up <coughs> well should an object enter the earth's atmosphere and come crashing to the earth it is entirely conceivable that one-third of the Earth in the landing zone would be consumed with the explosive impact Mm -hmm. of this significant object.
1: Well, and if it's followed by hail and fire, (coughs) we're seeing, for, for years we've been seeing how devastating wildfire is. Well... I mean, in California right now, we're still seeing how awful wildfire is and something like this
0: you're talking about something on a global scale right. and well yeah i mean if if something really huge um i gotta see i don't know if i'm saying this right but tenguska in in siberia there was what probably was a significant object that crashed to the earth there and that was uh at a time when we had photographic evidence of it and everything and before the Soviet Union became so close so there's plenty of evidence that that we we can't imagine what it would be like mm-hmm. and you know when these objects crashed to the earth these large massive and very dense objects I don't know if you've ever you know our listeners I know you have but if you go to places where they have uh meteorites and things on display you know there's one I remember from the museum of Pittsburgh that probably weighed 500 pounds and it wasn't that big but it was dense. dense yeah and and it gave you a real strong sense of what density really means in this case and when an object like that hits the earth at several hundred miles per hour it throws debris up into the air uh, it creates friction and tension uh, you know it's just that hard to imagine something that looks like hail uh wildfires yeah well
1: and if hail is happening I, I told you a, I read you a news thing the other day about hail that sent people to the hospital and killed some zoo animals. Like yeah, if hail actually is happening with it, which it could, because again, something as massive as that could definitely cause atmospheric change, which would cause weather systems and such. Mm-hmm. Massive hail is super dangerous. So that yeah yeah.
0: So Maybe yeah, that. I think if you described you know if the seven trumpets. Uh, if you read the seven trumpets, really chapter eight, to someone who has a pretty good working knowledge of things like astrophysics and and uh, that kind of thing, then they're going to tell you. <laughs> sure, sounds like it, an asteroid hitting the Earth to me. And uh, uh, so, verse seven, or excuse me, verse eight says, the second angel blew his trumpet and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and a third of the sea became blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed well let's just imagine your big huge object falls from the sky hits the earth literally dislodges mountain-sized pieces of earth because it's big you know, and and honestly, you know they they t- we live in a culture where there's one global cataclysm after another being predicted, so that we're almost a little bit frivolous and and trite about it. But but the truth is, is that any one of the things that they describe a pandemic is plausible. It could happen. Mm-hmm. A A near-Earth object enters the atmosphere, and because of its massive size and its explosive impact, it does this level of damage. Um, You know, a nuclear winter that comes after a, a global nuclear war. I mean, any of these things really could bring about this kind of devastation, but this one, described in Scripture, seems to most accurately describe an object falling into the atmosphere of the earth and something of such size that when it hits, it knocks a mountain off of its base and into the ocean. I, well, just for the sake of discussion, let's just imagine it hits at Gibraltar, right? Now, if, if our friends don't know what the, uh, what the rock of Gibraltar looks like, um, you know, it's just Google this, it. Yeah, Google it. Just imagine that this thing lands next to the Rock of Gibraltar and then the Rock of Gibraltar goes
1: splash. <laughs> into the
0: ocean. This would well, be exactly what we're witnessing here.
1: And I was actually not picturing a mountain jumping into the sea. I was, picturing, like I was thinking about the most recent volcanic eruption that I watched video of, which right. was out in Hawaii. What's the name of that one? Why can't I think of the name? It's been erupting from... Kilauea? (laughs) Yes, thank you. Um, When you watch the video of that, it really does look like a mountain sliding into the sea.
0: Well, you know, I remember... I mean, a
1: mountain burning with fire, watching the lava pour into the sea, it really does look like the mountain's just sliding down into the ocean. And it says a third of the sea became blood. I I mean, let's take that literally, that's fine, but I'm also thinking lava Sure. like... Flowing lava looks a lot like that. So if it's flowing into the water and all the creatures in the sea are dying.
0: I uh, I remember Mount St. Helens in yeah. 1980, you know, I've vividly because it was the week before I graduated from high school. So just kind of two big events in my life that happened at the same time. And, and you know, that was a whole mountain that the side of it blew off. Right. You know, one minute it's a complete looking mountain. The next minute it's half a mountain, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and uh so, so yeah i mean so these are all conceivable the blood thing is kind of interesting but i i don't know if you you know if you look at at what happens uh when there's landslides and mudslides and things like that yeah. usually the the water that you see turns into anything from chocolate
1: yeah
0: to red i mean you know the, the as soon as enough soil is churned into the water the water takes on colors and and I've sort of taken the approach that that's what's going on here. This massive object has hit the earth with a humongous impact. Um, it's dislodged, you know, not just topsoil, it's dislodged minerals.
1: Well,
0: that, You know, I mean, look how deep the crater out there in uh, Arizona is. Is it Arizona? Nevada. Where's the big crater? Out in, in the western United States, The the, uh, the great big crater, you know, it's deep you know and and the people who study it figure that whatever made that crater probably wasn't that big that's just the hole it left behind when it hit and and it's had you know hundreds maybe thousands of years to to erode and everything yeah. else so we have some evidence of this kind of impact on the earth in the past and you can see that it's a mile deep and that it probably stirred up soil and mm-hmm stuff you know so it's I'm so i'm thinking. i'm not particularly troubled by the whole blood thing because i think it's more of a picture of of uh, this sort of molten yeah if it's not molten then it's liquefied you know uh, when well they talk about liquefaction when it comes to her- earthquakes wherever the ground isn't particularly solid it sort of turns the soil into soup mm-hmm. and, so, you know, so the whole blood thing hasn't really ever bothered me because I sort of imagined it as a logical outcome here.
1: Well, and I just think, like, if something that cataclysmic is happening... Like, what you told me this morning that there was another earthquake on the, in the Ring of Fire.
0: Yeah, and there was and actually it, another one after that. Yeah. So I got an app for that. If
1: something that cataclysmic happens, like something falling from the sky... I gotta assume, just based on what happens when there's an earthquake in that area. Like, th- I think about the tsunami. Yeah. Like, there's an earthquake way out in the ocean, and then there's a massive tsunami that just keeps, I mean, it just, there's just aftershock yeah. after aftershock after, after aftershock. And I think if something like this hits, it's going to, it, we know it's going to start earthquakes. Those earthquakes are going to start volcanic eruptions. It's going to start, so tsunami. like, it, there's, there's not going to be anything stopping
0: this it, is this is a catastrophe yeah, on a global right, scale. Right, because
1: it's just one thing after another is going to happen. So yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, a it's giant pretty remarkable.
1: Mountain I, blowing off of this into the ocean. I, I, I should I can tell see you, it. by
0: the way. So so I have this app, <laughs> and I got it about a year ago. You know, it's free, and I thought it was very interesting. And it, it only alerts me when there's an earthquake somewhere that is six or higher, um, on the Richter scale and it probably goes off once every couple of weeks in the last five days this thing has been going off every day and today yesterday and today it's gone off like five times and it's all uh everywhere from new zealand to indonesia all of the Let's see, Beth, what would that be? That would be the eastern, or is it western? No, it'd be the western Pacific. Because it's west of, of, yeah. So it'd be the western Pacific Ring of Fire. It would be out that way, way out past Hawaii, on your way over towards New Zealand, the Philippines, you know, out that direction, um, South towards Asia. South yeah, the South Pacific. So, yeah. so there's a lot of seismic activity going on over there right now and in just in the last couple of weeks. Does that have anything to do with our Revelation Bible study? No. I, and if it does, it's a, it's a coincidence because I swear I'm not going to do this kind of yeah. Revelation Bible study. But it is interesting. And I have to admit, you know, and some of you are probably pretty astute. You're going, well, Pastor Dan, why did you get an app that tells you when there are earthquakes? I don't know, maybe because I thought it would be interesting to note that there are certain times when the seismic activity really picks up. And does this mean? So you know, the thing about being a a prophecy buff, as I've heard some people. Well, could be, you know, and and like I almost I started to use the term. I've heard people described as prophecy buffs. Kind of a curious thing, is almost you know, it's like a hobby or something. But people who really study it, and I don't really fault them as long as they don't start trying to set dates and times and stuff, you know. I've, I've watched some interesting characters on YouTube and stuff. And some of them are, you know, they, they make themselves look foolish because they're constantly saying, this is it, this mm-hmm. is it. But then there are others who just say, you know, given what we know now, it could be that the revelation is describing X. Well, yeah, we're doing the same thing. We're saying, given what we know now, it's easy to imagine some of these things that a hundred years ago, Christians could not have imagined. Uh, And 300 years ago, Christians couldn't have imagined what Christians a hundred years ago could have imagined. So yes, we have a more advanced knowledge of things. We understand a lot about space and how things in space affect us here on this earth and You know, things that those people, you know, 200, 300 years ago would not have had any understanding of. So that part I don't have a problem with. And I think that's what we're doing. We're engaging in a healthy speculation here. Uh, What I find unhealthy is when, you know, you basically run run a video on YouTube that says, pack your bags, kids, it's time to go. And, And then, you know, it comes and goes, well, all of a sudden you have no more credibility. I mean, you can use up your credibility that way. And uh, I would rather say you talk to God about what you read in the Bible, and then it's between you and God and not between you and me. I guess so. I don't
1: spend, a, I mean, we've talked about this before, but I don't feel the need to spend a lot of time speculating. Like, even if I hear that there's lots of earthquakes and I think, hmm, I just don't really feel the need to speculate on it because I'm pretty assured of what's happening to me when it happens, so I'm not, like,
0: going <laughs> to worry. About well,. It i I hope I don't completely ruin two uh seemingly high regarded sermons that I preached today uh, from Job. but basically what I tried to say from Job today was is that you know bad things are going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to let the like I said, I don't want to let one cross over into the other, but we we seem to be clear on our understanding that the church is has been evacuated before the seals start popping because we see evidence the church is already there at the throne room but and we're part of the celebration of Jesus as the only one who's worthy. That would seem to be the case. But let's suppose <laughs> lesser things happen and they're pretty bad too. We may suffer. Yeah. Christians may suffer and I don't look for forward to physical suffering I don't look forward to dying or terrible death or anything. no who would but I still think on a global scale and a spiritual scale about these things and I think well you know whatever happens uh, happens you know if this whole story of the entire relationship between God and God's creation is true then even the worst things that can happen to a Christian Are temporary
1: exactly you know and we have a literal millennia of good times yeah coming
0: well let's see if we can finish this chapter Um, you're doing fine but I just figured we only got a few verses to go so we might as well see if we can wrap it so verse 10 says the third angel blew his trumpet and a great star fell fell from the heaven blazing like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water And the name of the star was Wormwood. A third of the waters became Wormwood. And many people died from the water because it had been made bitter. Wormwood. Mm -hmm. What do we know about Wormwood?
1: It's a bitter plant.
0: It's a bitter plant. Mm -hmm. And... Okay, so sticking with our sort of theory... uh, that the uh, um, that this is some sort of, of space object that has crashed into the earth then we see a star falling from the sky um, I don't know that could be other pieces of the same object
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, I I'm only hesitating, friends, because I I just I don't want to sound like I'm giving you the plot from the latest movie about the potential, you know, apocalyptic asteroid, but but honestly, it is like the plot from one of those movies. If this asteroid theory is correct, then a major object hits the earth, causes the mountain to fall into the sea, causes the devastating fires and destruction that wipe out a third of the life on Earth. Meanwhile another fragment of the same object falls and it is, in John's eyes, a different kind of object simply because of the way it presents itself. But when it hits the rivers and the streams, it poisons them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, let's say radiation.
1: Exactly. I, well, I was thinking that. And know, I, I was thinking, like, I guess this could also be some kind of nuclear It could. Event.
0: It could. And yet...
1: Because something like that, getting in getting the water supply would absolutely poison it. Yeah.
0: And again, we're not trying to solve this problem as much as we're trying to see it realistically as Bible studiers taking it verse by verse. And when I take it verse by verse, I've already committed to the idea that there's some sort of uh, space junk that falls and hits the earth, causes all this devastation. Then I see this star and I'm thinking, okay, it's a fragment of the same object. Objects from space are frequently irradiated. Yep because they don't have the filters that we have in our atmosphere not to
1: mention it is crossing our atmosphere which means it's going to be picking up stuff as yeah. it enters the atmosphere yeah. and it it would mess up the water supply sure and wormwood i said is a bitter plant but wormwood is a term that's sometimes used as a to describe poison too like yeah but i know it's a plant that's known for its bitter taste
0: yeah yeah uh uh bitterness is the key word i'm just looking at the commentary and the wormwood plant creates a tremendous bitterness and uh that's the word uh, it's a bitter poison
1: we haven't talked about c.s lewis yet in this podcast and isn't there a character in screw tape
0: in the screw tapes uh
1: wormwood isn't that the name of letters
0: he's he's writing to wormwood yeah. who is the the uh, lesser uh, devil who's being given counsel by the senior devil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has
1: nothing to do with Revelation. It's just, screw tape letters is probably one of my favorite.
0: Screw tape letters is awesome. I I just finished the Mm
1: -hmm.
0: final book of the Chronicles of Narnia and, and the end of Narnia is strikingly similar to what we're reading right now from Revelation. It's uh, it's like C.S. Lewis knew so the story. Yeah. yeah. So y- you know, I admit it. I'm a fan, and <laughs> and I have to admit, I'm always a fan of somebody who agrees with me, except he thought of it first. So what's really cool is that he hasn't agreed with me, and I haven't agreed with him. I formed my ideas, he formed his ideas, and I started reading his stuff, and I went, "Oh my gosh, he came to the same conclusion I did."
1: I think that's, that's how you fun. become friends with someone.
0: I well, I gotta say, I especially like the idea that. I independently came up with the same concepts that C.S. Lewis did. Now, I'm not boasting in that. All I'm saying is, is I admire this guy, and he has credentials that I would never have attained and, and credibility that I don't have, and yet I was in my own way arriving at some of the same conclusions he did.
1: Maybe you'll be. I invited. like how that feels. Maybe you'll be invited to club meetings in heaven.
0: I am so <laughs> hoping that I can sit at the fireside <laughs> with him and smoke a pipe and drink brandy and listen to him read stories to me i (laughs) i want to join uh his uh little club and uh uh, in the worst way i really do (laughs) and and i don't even have to be you know if he asked me to read one of my things i'd be so honored i i wouldn't know what to say but if i ever wanted to be friends with somebody it would have been c.s lewis and J. R. R. Tolkien Mm -hmm. and their whole all their friends and and you know, in heaven, we could invite even old G.K. Chesterton over too. I imagine you know, he's
1: probably already invited you know, in there.
0: And uh, and there's probably a lot of other people that could be at that table too. But
1: it'll
0: be cool. Okay, come on, Dan. Back yeah, to yeah, work I can't here. Help I'm,
1: I'm distracting today.
0: And uh, uh, verse 12 says the fourth angel blew his trumpet, and a third of the sun was struck, and a third of the moon, and a third of the stars, and a third of their light. Uh, might be darkened and a third of the day night the day might be kept from shining and likewise a third of the night well if an object catapults towards the earth and crashes into the earth and causes all of this devastation i've heard on discovery channel and things like that that it's going to throw up a cloud that'll clutter the atmosphere and cloud the earth in darkness mm-hmm. for days and months, maybe years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm still hearing something that describes an asteroid impact because, and, and then this, this dual impact, this other thing hits the earth too. And so all this ash and cloud and steam and dust and dirt and everything that's being, in water is being thrown up into the air. Needless to say, the earth would be clouded in darkness so that we would not be able to see the sun, the moon, or the stars. And it would seem as though they have gone out.
1: Well, you mentioned Mount St. Helens, and you've told me the story <laughs> that you were in Oklahoma. You were in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Owasso. Yeah. And you could see ash in the, like over your head in Oklahoma from Mount St. Helens mm-hmm. exploding. In so, Oklahoma,
0: we had some really spectacular sunsets out there on yeah. that prairie, and they were colored all kinds of wild and mysterious colors during the ash cloud passing over from Washington State.
1: Yeah. So I'm thinking if Mount St. Helens can do that in Oklahoma, yeah, then this, yeah, it could.
0: Well, and more recently, you know, there have been hundreds of flights canceled for weeks at a time. Yeah in iceland or in the areas of, of iceland because yeah. those routes are blocked by ash clouds. And, yeah. and this isn't just like the smoke ash that we see from our fireplace this is minerals and it's, it's dense really and d- it, it'll bring down an airplane mm-hmm. so so needless to say it would block light mm-hmm. and uh, so i i still think this is more likely the case um the fifth angel let's see where did i leave off 15. uh Verse 13, I looked and I heard an eagle crying, no fifth angel, with a loud voice as it flew directly overhead, woe, 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 to those who dwell on the earth at the blast of the other trumpets that the three angels are about to blow. And that's the end of the chapter.
1: I'm just real glad the church is gone.
0: So you thought a large object (laughs) falling from the sky, presumably a sensor-turned-asteroid, hits the Earth, creates cataclysmic devastation that wipes out a third of the Earth, a third of the population of the Earth, and then knocks a mountain into the sea, which knocks out a third of the sea and all the life that's in it and all the boats that are on it. And then another one hits, another piece of the same object hits the Earth, and devastates the water supply so that basically everything on the side of the earth that is struck by this object is out. It's Mm -hmm. gone. That's it. It's over. The end of the world came to that part.
1: Yeah.
0: It just hasn't come to the other part yet. And then the angels are on hold for a second so this eagle can fly over and say,
1: You thought that was bad. You
0: ain't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. um wow
1: talk about a cliffhanger too
0: yeah really because who says and, the
1: bible's not exciting and you know and,
0: and our friends are going to have to wait until of course you know i've heard that they listen and then read ahead
1: oh that's sneaky. some of them hey. read
0: ahead in fact uh i guess i think we'll wrap it up there for yeah. today because we're going to introduce a new segment of the podcast, we're going to call Bethany's segment. What? <laughs> well, because it was your idea.
1: Oh, okay. This and is news to me, guys. We're we're going to
0: call we're going to call this segment the reader, uh, excuse me, listener feedback sec segment. And uh, so I'm going to I'm going to leave a little room on the on the audio here for a uh, transitional bumper theme. <laughs> So here we go. And you go to the Facebook page.
1: I feel like I should have just done a little transition for us. Just been like, do, 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 do,
0: Well, you could. You Ta-da! Could. <laughs> I like mine better, but... <laughs> yeah, if you go You said to it was my segment. Uh... <laughs> if you go to our face i i stand corrected um if you go to the knowing god with heart and mind facebook group we Mm -hmm. did get some feedback from listeners last week that i would like to share and uh i i really hope that you all will continue to do this because it's inspiring to us plus People should hear some of the really cool things that you say, listeners. Right. Uh, One of the gentlemen that listens to us every week said, uh, I want to thank Bethany and you for all of your time and effort regarding the Revelation Bible study. I eagerly await the next session each Monday morning. I am sure that I will have questions as I continue the study. But right now I'm just absorbing all of the great commentary from both of you. I was disappointed last week when the next segment did not appear, (laughs) but surgery does take some time to recover from. Just wanted you to know you were missed. Well, thank you very much. You know who you are, and I am so grateful for your kind words. Mm -hmm. Here's a really thoughtful response we got last week, um, and uh, a a good contribution uh, in its own particular Mm -hmm. right. So this person says, I never thought of this chapter, meaning chapter 7, that we did last week. I never thought of chapter 7 that way, that you discussed it in the podcast, and it was fascinating to consider. One of the things that I found so disturbing about Revelation in my previous understanding of it was its bleakness. Mm. It seemed as though there was no hope, no relenting, nothing but terror on every side. And only those who were absolutely perfect were deemed worthy to escape this terror. To consider instead that even during the judgment, God is so merciful as to appoint evangelists, and those evangelists so successful as to account for countless multitudes is a wonderful thought, Mm -hmm. and harmonizes with the way that I have come to know Jesus and how he works. It reminds me of that verse at the end of first corinthians 13 where it talks about the things that pass away and the things that remain which are faith hope and love Mm. hope remains even in the worst situations on the other note i thought it was interesting to consider that the previous chapter about the seals opening was like a list of chapter headings (laughs) and that were more that are more fully explained in the following chapters i've recently been reading the gospels with much the same mindset that I often find that there are certain passages in there, especially in Mark and Matthew, that are like summing up. And then the following passage to unfold the simu- this, this situation with more detail.
1: Mm.
0: I'm not exactly sure that this always is happening, but frequently I catch it. And it really helps my comprehension of the events. Mm-hmm. And I thank those people for their really thoughtful responses. Yes. And, and we love to hear from you, especially when you contribute so much to the conversation like that. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you for writing to us. And Bethany and I have a great deal of pleasure. And many of you do speak to us in person on Sunday morning. And so it goes without saying that we're we're really honored and uh, thrilled with your comments there too. But I think that's going to wrap us up for now. You got anything else you want to say?
1: Keep and us comments and things. Okay. Makes it feel more like a Bible study.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and you know we're we're kind of making up this virtual Bible study thing as we go. I've been playing around with the concept and making it up as I go for three years, three or four years now. But it doesn't bother me that I haven't quite figured it out in three or four years. But there's so much of it that depends on you. Mm-hmm. You know, I could sit here and talk to the microphone, and thankfully I got Bethany to talk with now which makes it so much better, but the ideal thing would be for you to find your own way of including your voice in the conversation. I think that's why Bethany came up with the idea of reading your comments, Mm -hmm. uh, because that makes you part of the conversation. So give that some thought, and uh, just imagine we're having a a sit-down Bible study together in a classroom at the church, and this is that virtual classroom, and uh, we'll compile it all each week and share it at the end just like we did today Mm -hmm. but for now thank you very much for listening to the study section and uh, we'll have a closing remark and uh, send you on your way well that wraps up another episode of knowing god with heart and mind the virtual church classroom bible study you've been listening to episode 19 of the revelation bible study and uh, just want to, again, ask you to please send us your comments on the description of this podcast. You'll have a link to the Facebook group, and you can join it simply by sending a request, and I'll personally uh, welcome you into the group. You can also email us. You can learn more about me and about Shiloh United Methodist Church at shilohum.org. That's S-H-I-L-O-H-U-M dot And, uh, again, look us up on Facebook. We're uh, happy to join the conversation with you. But uh, for the moment, I just want to wish you a wonderful week and God's blessings. Bye.